1: Welcome to State of the Empire, Consequence of Sound's Star Wars speculation podcast where we look for news in Alderaan places. Hi, I'm Capt. And hey, I'm Matt. And this episode sounds weird and different. It's on a micro recorder. I'm in Los Angeles, ne- physically next to Matt Spill, which is an unusual occurrence that I celebrate personally. Now, in this episode, we formally promised you an interview with Alden Ehrenrich, the star of Solo, A Star Wars Story. And I've got some terrible, terrible news. He died in a car crash. (laughs) No, I really hope that never happens. He seems like a stand-up guy. We got some very bad intel. Assurances were made in regards to our attending of a press event in which we would most definitely, because I flew out to Los Angeles for it, interview Alden Ehrenrick, And unfortunately, that did not happen. And I'm not going to point fingers... It wasn't on Consequence of Sound. It was on a third party that uh, that got us this connection here. And we had assurances, and it all fell through. And I haven't seen
2: any solo news over the last couple days. It, but so. we do know
1: what happened, because Ron Howard was also there, which he wasn't supposed to be from what we were told. Mm-hmm. And he posted some pictures from it, and it was international press specifically. But there has been the first solo press junket. It took place in what looked like a very dimly lit hotel room, and I would love to have been there. Yeah, it would have been nice to be a fly on the wall at the very least. Yeah, but but no dice. We don't have it. um, Folks, you should be mad. I'm mad. It's a damn shame. We would have had a great interview. And yes, I did contact everybody I could think to contact to get something, to get some kind of foot in the door there. If you have any contacts with Lucasfilm or Disney that we should know about, please do let us know because we didn't get fucking anywhere.
2: It's a damn shame. Yeah, we pulled some uh, droid arms out of
1: sockets, but that didn't seem to do anything, unfortunately. That, yeah, that's 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 it. Anyhow... It is time for State of the Empire, so we are recording something. We do have a paltry amount of news to discuss, just no interview. But hey, it's Imperial March. Happy Imperial March, Matt. It's uh, almost happy over. Happy Imperial March to you, Cap. It has been March Madness <laughs> of, of a different sort here. The, mad, the madness has been rage um, and not basketball or whatever it usually is.
2: Yeah, well, actually, that, that gives us an idea. We should probably do a proper tournament. For Imperial March in the oh, future, yeah, in
1: the future when we have more yeah, leeway, like some
2: brackets and stuff.
1: So last episode we said, hey, it's Imperial March. Tell us your favorite Imperial. Tell us why, perhaps, and we will uh, then decide who the winner is somehow. Some folks, you 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 wrote in on the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group. Um, but first, before we read what you wrote, um, Matt, you 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 had a you had a a vibe for for your favorite Imperial. I just think he left the most
2: lasting impression on. The Imperial Legacy. Uh, it was Lieutenant Wren's from *Return of the Jedi*. The the actor that played him had one line, and is the I mean just the best delivery in the entire saga, which is the "You rebel scum." He did land it. I mean, just nailed it, and I you know set an identity for for rebel scum for the rest of of the fandom. I mean, it just established so much
1: in that one line. I mean, how could you say anybody's better than that? That's a good argument. Unfortunately, your opinion doesn't count because we set up Imperial March and it was really about everybody else participating. Uh, another person's opinion who doesn't count is Colin Peterson. Just
2: just by virtue of being Colin.
1: <laughs> Nerdy shows Colin Peterson. He says, uh, Well, Matt, why don't, you, why don't you? You had a good Colin impression. Why don't you uh, tell us what Colin thinks?
2: I've always had a soft spot for Nita. The dude owns his mistake.
1: That's the kind of people the Empire needs. Poor guy.
0: <laughs>
1: and and for me i mean we've discussed this on the show and unfortunately doug couldn't be here with us in in los angeles or in on the episode due to technical issues um of us not like planning this kind of recording but I, i'm i'm gonna guess that doug and i are on the same page here and i think it's it's got to be chief best we've talked about this many times in State of the empire before this is one of the few imperial officers who had The wherewithal to determine that like the rebels were a little bit more powerful than anyone gave them credit for and on top of that He stood up to Tarkin and he was like yo shit is going down and my man if you at least believe what's written on the back of the Death Star briefing action figure set where he's featured, he's one of the very few Imperial officers to successfully evacuate from the Death Star before its destruction. Uh,
2: he evacuated in a moment of triumph, and that is why I believe he is not as good of an Imperial as Lieutenant Renz. God damn it.
1: <laughs> that's, that's. I mean, sure, I suppose a good Imperial would go down with the ship. But that's a smart man, an enterprising man, a man who's going to make sure that the Empire will win another day. Not uh, this uh, day. That, that's true. That he'll be around for the Empire to strike back. Right, exactly. Was he? Well, that's been the subject of a lot of debate. And actually, what's what the official canon now is he's dead? I don't even know anymore. It's hard to say. We've got a real Pondababa conundrum here. <laughs> but on to you folks. Shane Morawski said... Captain Pelion, hands down. And I and I didn't know that name at all. Uh, yeah, that's uh that was Thrawn's uh
2: commanding officer in the Navy. Or not, you know, Thron Thrawn's second command essentially. He mm-hmm. commanded the Navy for Thrawn. And uh I gotta hand it to him A lot of longevity. I mean he lasted through the like entirety of the old expanded universe. Um Yeah,
1: yeah. I looked at this guy's Wikipedia page, it's one of the longest I've ever seen for like for not a main character.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was always uh, first or second in charge of the Empire for a long time. He brokered the peace treaty between the Empire and the the New Republic, kind of brought an end to the war, which, you know, to me that, you know, once again, I don't know if that necessarily makes him the best Imperial because he... You know, he sort of ended the war, and I feel like <laughs> all the Imperials should be fighting all the time. <laughs> but I mean, I have to, I have to, admit, at least he, he stuck around because overall he was competent, even though, you know,
1: he retreated when Thrawn died. He panicked. Right, right. And Jeremy right Tarito said Thrawn, the patient master tactician, Pelion, again, who took what he was taught. To, became, to become one of the most successful Imperials, and Veers, the one officer in the original trilogy who succeeded in the task he was given by Vader. And yeah, Veers was my number two. Veers is a good guy, for sure. Now, that second mention of Pelion, uh, well, hey, third mention of Pelion, keto black toss up between Gilead Pelion and the dude who Vader choked out in A New Hope, who is, of course, Mahdi. So that's, uh, that's I, three votes there.
2: Yeah, I, th- I mean, it's it's turning in, in, in Peleon's favor. I mean, how can I argue with the fans? I mean, they're, I so far, definitely taken over Imperial March.
1: Right, yeah. Max Acree said, Piet, why is he hashtag Vader's guy? <laughs> which, I, which I love. Who knows, but he's a man with a career on the climb. That's true.
2: Yeah, if only he had gotten those forward shields up in time. <laughs> I mean, that's that was the only thing holding him back. Matt Odom
1: said, I like the Stormtrooper that bumps his head. He reminds us that we're all human, even Imperials. Uh, I, I like the way you think. I, I like that
2: too. I mean, I wish there were more aliens. You yeah. Know? But you know, hu- reminding us that we're all human works too.
1: <laughs> reminding the, the Imperials that they are they are cl- of clean human stock, <laughs> yes. not offensive alien races. And uh, Seth J. Albano said that dude who became Vader's assistant in the comics—I forget his name—but he was amazing, and uh not having my stack of of vader comics here i don't recall who that was uh seth feel free to write us in and and let us know i mean it might even have been not have been the kieran gillen uh, comics it could have been might have have been one
2: of the the old legends lines i'm not too sure it's not
1: coming to the to the front of my memory chris lawson offered up uh the controversial choice mint imperials (laughs) which i think is a bold choice it's pretty bold minty yeah and Mike Swabi said, Tarkin. He knew how to rock slippers on the Death Star, which is a very good point. Yeah. The man had tender feet and he wasn't afraid to show it. <laughs> it's a solid choice too. Well, Matt, the answer is clear. It's Pelion. Oh, Pe- yeah. Pelion. is the popular vote. Now, we can totally give it to the stormtrooper who bonked his head, because that's a good choice, and not one you'd think about. It. And it yeah, was a good explanation as well. Yeah, I I
2: you know, I think I think we gotta crown paleon now i mean that's you know that's what the people are asking for and as as we know palpatine was all about securing a great democratic society and so yeah yeah so uh (laughs) you know he announced it in in revenge of the sith and i think we have to honor that you know that decree so true now you would personally not go for Pelion at all i wouldn't i'm going lieutenant wren still i mean he's i'm gonna until next year's Imperial March, I will be campaigning strongly for Lieutenant Renz mm-hmm. to to unseat.
1: But you think we're gonna we're gonna bracket it next year? I think so. Okay yeah. we'll look forward to that folks and uh, and if anyone wants to help us uh, facilitate that bracketing, do let us know and spread the word about Imperial March. it's It's time that we had a remembrance
2: month for the Galactic <laughs> Empire. I mean you know it's it's a important era in our history, and you know I think dedicating a whole month to it is a great idea. Well, I
1: mean you know you're right, Matt, because nothing says the original trilogy like the Imperials, the first order are not the imperials no copycats they're worse in every conceivable way yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're they're worse at their jobs, they're worse as people um they're bad, they're bad news, yep, no one wants to be them, no. They might want to kiss them they want to people want to kiss them a lot <laughs> but i think it's just because they're so sad
2: yeah yeah i think i think there was more glory to the to the galactic empire yeah the first order just like I don't know, they're creepy they're for, they're all creepy people well you know the the empire was coming off the heels of something that was corrupt and not working and as far as we know i think the new republic was working and the first order just shows up to wreck some shit and mm-hmm. I, I feel like the the empire was a was a fix so, I'm, I'm arguing at least a little bit in their favor. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, hashtag Imperial March if you have any other uh, last minute entries. Not that it's going to make a damn bit of difference, but we'll see them. Don't forget to, to use the hashtag. And, uh, and kudos to everyone who, who collectively campaigned for the fascinating expanded universe choice of Captain Pelion, who is a character with enough history that I suppose at some point he might actually make a comeback.
2: Yeah, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see him as uh, Thrawn's number two in the future. I mean, who knows? We're going to get him at some point after Return of the Jedi,
1: Yeah, and maybe maybe he makes his return. Now, looking forward to what we're talking about in this episode, A, it's going to be everything. A little bit of everything. There's not been a lot of news, but there's been a lot of weird little tidbits of stuff. So we're going to be covering it all, and quite frankly, I don't think we're going to open the blast doors at all. If we do open the blast doors, that's where all the real spoiler stuff happens. The stuff that's really going to damage your viewing experience. But actually, I don't think we're going to have anything that sensitive here. At least not, nothing that isn't us like being pretty haywire with our thoughts. Now, uh, we've got to talk about Solo. As, uh, as much as I don't want to revisit the crushing disappointment of, of not speaking to Han Solo himself, Harrison Emmerich. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to Solobrate a good time. And, and I couldn't, <laughs> because I wasn't given access to the press junket. Oh, well. We have some official information on, on the the shamed, defamed directors, Lord and Miller. They, we, we weren't sure for the longest time what exactly was going to happen, because, you know, Lord and Miller directed almost 90% of the film. It was almost done, and then... They got fired, and Ron Howard swooped in, and we we're like, "What's going to happen? Are they going to like? Is Ron Howard going to film enough of the film that he gets to have full director credit? They're probably going to get you know sidelined with the executive producer or something. Maybe what does it mean? What what are the, what on earth? Like, is anything that they filmed going to be used? And we we still don't know. We do know that Rod Howard shot way more than anyone anticipated him to, but now we know that in fact they are executive producer credit only. They were speaking at the third annual. Uh, glas animation festival in berkeley and said we're really proud of the many contributions we made to that film in light of the creative differences we elected to take an executive producer credit so that's it that's the definitive word that's the credit we're going to see i even if some of this footage they shot is shown and i assume there is actually going to be quite a bit yeah i i
2: imagine there's quite a bit and uh you know you know, stuff closer to the Kazdan script that they may have shot, I would guess. But mm-hmm. um I think executive producer probably gonna be a good compromise and I'm sure they hammered out some nice sweet, you know, handshaking agreement about what that means and you know they're getting paid either way. Oh, uh, I'm sure. And good for them. Yeah, I wish I could get fired and get like
1: a nice executive producer credit I yeah. wherever I get fired from. Right. Not everyone is fired this gloriously. Yeah. Um so we don't have much information about Solo. We do have a little bit of action figures and ephemera kind of hints to what's to come. Last episode we talked extensively about Infi's Nest, who is the the weird masked nemesis in the uh, in the film. We still don't know much about Infi's, but we do know that uh, a photo has leaked of a vehicle, Infi's Nest Swoop. And a Swoop is basically the slang term used for when you build a speeder bike out of garbage and he has a pretty dope swoop oh it's a real dope swoop there's gonna be some
2: sweet vehicles in this movie i think overall yeah
1: that's gonna be the one major takeaway i think is that it this is an an, a star wars action film based around cool rides yeah and we're gonna get some like great like suncoast era like vehicle toys out of this movie or we better well i mean we're already seeing one of them here and What we were shown was the back of the box, which had some really cool information on there. This is hard to read, it's super tiny, but it looks like it says, The Cloud Rider Gang, led by Enfy's Nest, terrorizes the skies atop these mean-looking swoop bikes. Little more than engines with wings, maybe. Swoops are hard to control, but... Oh, gosh. What does that say? Uh, capable of incredible speed. Cool. Okay. So, Cloud Rider gang. Matt, why does that make your head explode? Because
2: uh, the Cloud Rider gang was a uh, pirate, uh, pirate gang from the early Marvel Star Wars comics. We're talking like a few months after A New Hope. We're talking Jackson, the Green Alien Rabbit. And Han Solo forming a essentially a magnificent seven. I believe it was it was eight. I think it was the the storyline was like eight on Aduba Three, and that was the planet they were on, Aduba Three. Mm-hmm. And Jackson was a member of that, as was uh, Don Juan Quixote. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and, fuck you. And uh, I mean, it's it's a real deep cut. I mean, this uh, yeah, they originally come came out in November of '77. So I mean, Star Wars is fresh in everyone's mind. You know, the, it's just blowing up, you know, pop culture. And, you know, this is where Solo, a Star Wars story, is sourcing material from, which is awesome. I don't... It, and, and you kind
1: of hinted to this in a prior episode. Oh, like yeah. Just, just
2: fancifully. Oh, yeah. This is this is what I dream a Han Solo film is. Is this pulp, you know, pulled from the 70s, which in and of itself is pulled from the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all just coming together as, as you know, this you know so-called modern movie but um yeah it'd be interesting to see i mean can't wait for don juan quixote to yeah, show up uh, and... tobias beckett woody harrelson's character is putting together a group and i don't think there's necessarily going to be any green rabbits but we definitely have Thandi newton's character we have han we have kira we have lando we have chewy we have l3 we've got tobias we already have like and, seven people dur duran Right, we have John, John Favreau's character, so we have eight people. So, are we getting an eight for a DUBA three? It doesn't necessarily have to be a DUBA three, but we <laughs> could be getting eight for Vandor, which is the new planet drop, yeah. planet name drop that we got recently.
1: Yeah. Now, where where did that come from? That was kind of a weird one. That was a, a what a children's book that pinned the uh, the planet where the the heist is taking place and the the Convey-X train is is a place yes. called Vandor. It's called Vandor. Now every. So far with this movie, every time a planet name comes up, we're like, oh my god, we know what that is. Is Vandor is not new. Or Vandor Vandor Um, is new. Vandor is not
2: new, but has never been significant. It's names of planets, planetoids that were in the Coruscant system. Okay. But they were not the you know Coruscant Prime or whatever you want to call the major planet but I, I don't think that's where Vandor is anymore mm. the the stuff that this is coming from I mean I even had to look it up on Wikipedia because I was like eh, it sounds like a name that's probably appeared before
1: right and sure enough it was it was like a
2: Star Wars but, atlas but uh,
1: Kylo Ren's name has appeared before <laughs> yeah <So>. fair
2: enough <laughs> so yeah I think we're getting um we're at least getting real we're getting closer to
1: Green Rabbits yeah well and actually fun fact folks Disney recently dropped um, the first eight episodes or seven episodes of a new season of Forces of Destiny, the female-oriented Flash cartoon on the Disney YouTube channel. They're, they ha- they still aren't particularly good. <laughs> Every now and then you get one that's, the, the, that's interesting, but mostly they just underutilize characters like Jyn Erso and make you wonder why Felicity Jones even agreed to do this. Uh, they may have just grabbed random dialogue that they heard her say,
2: like or you know <laughs> c- caught her on on recorder saying, and then just used it. Yeah, the, it's
1: really light. They're pretty useless stories in a lot of ways, but every now and then there's a good one. And in this case, there was an episode where it was the, it was an episode that that shows where Leia got, gets her bounty hunter disguise for Return of the Jedi, which was a fine episode. Sure, and it, it's Leia meets Maz Kanata for the first time, and which was pretty cool. Yeah. And in the background, in this alien world, oh, there is what I believe to be definitively the same species of creature as Jackson the the green rabbit. Oh, 100%. That's absolutely... What else like, could it be? It
2: couldn't be anything else.
1: Yeah, it was a green rabbit with pink ears, like pink in- interior ears. It's Jackson. I mean, it's, it's not Jackson. Jackson, but like that's... Yeah, Yeah, and, then,
2: and I believe IDW uh, has hinted that yep. there's going to be green rabbits or jackson him, himself very soon yeah yeah so the next couple of months it's back it is back let's let's hope that he that it's solo like i just want to see a
1: green rabbit on screen i will i mean i'll just start doing flips in the aisles yeah like, now i mean get ready brace yourselves for everyone to be like what the hell's bucky o'hare doing in here because i'm sure <laughs> bucky o'hare is more in the cultural zeitgeist than jackson is but he was yeah, sure. jackson was the original green rabbit not to diminish bucky o'hare bucky o'hare was really cool I just, and for anyone rolling
2: their eyes, just if we're okay with Rocket, if we're okay with Groot, we can be okay with Jackson. Yeah. Like, there's the, there's places in, in both universes for those
1: characters. If you're having a fun, rambunctious Star Wars story, you can get crazy. If you want yourself to be taken seriously and tell a serious story, maybe you shouldn't have goofy shit happening on the screen at the same time. Maybe you shouldn't be breaking away from serious stuff with jokes. Just a little, it, it's, a, it's about tone And this movie's tone was always going to be a little cornball. We knew that. Anyway, so that's cool. We also have some other swoop graphics that we're going to link to. There were some, like, blueprints of uh, production art that were leaked. We're not sure where they're from, but they're definitely for swoops. They might even be early Infy's Nest things um, and just different designs, or maybe there'll be other swoops. We we see there's one that's kind of got a swoop with, like, two almost looks like X-Wing engines on either side of it, which is interesting. Um... But that's all we got for solo. We're we're coming up blank. It's high time we got some more trailers. The movie's almost out. Yeah, I, I imagine we'll hear something either just before Avengers or just after. Yeah. Or, or 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 as soon as we post this episode, yeah. I- information from the press junket we weren't at will finally come out. Yeah. But we've we've been looking, folks, there's nothing.
2: Yeah, I just we saw a manga artist uh, do a nice photo of or drawing of Ron, and that's it. I, I got to imagine there was more than that out
1: there, but it hasn't appeared on the internet. Yeah. Oh, we should also add that um, Forces of Destiny, there is one episode that is definitely worth checking out, if if not for that Leia meets Maz Kanata episode. There's one that, for the, for the inexplicably, even though it's a female-centric show, it's just Luke and Yoda. Well, and R2's there. But, like, it's Luke training on Dagobah, and it's Mark Hamill as Luke, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a great episode. It's very jarring to hear older Mark Hamill play
2: young Luke, but it gave me hearing Mark Hamill voice that character on Dagobah gave me more chills than I got (laughs) in Last Jedi. And that's not even to disparage Last Jedi. There was just something crazy special about hearing Mark Hamill talk to Yoda on Dagobah again during his training.
1: Yeah, there really was. And I don't know, I don't really quite get it. Yeah,
2: because it it was a little something off with the older voice. Yeah, he's he's
1: too grizzled now. Yeah, but it's just... I don't know,
2: just because I guess no one else can channel
1: Luke like he can. Yeah. I just, yeah. So, uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked about HasLab, which is a new project by Hasbro that is developing unique action figure toy things that they can't conceivably make because they're too weird unless fans back them. And their debut project is a incredible... Toy version of the Sail Barge, the biggest Star Wars playset ever made, ever, with all kinds of wonderful features. It looks incredible, and it is very, very expensive, as you can imagine. (laughs) Well, as of this recording, it's only got nine days to go. It wraps on April 3rd, and folks, they are not particularly—I mean, they're close, but they're not exactly—they're not—I don't feel comfortable. I want this to happen. I'm never going to be able to afford this. I'm probably never going to see one of these in real life. But I want to really badly, I want this to happen. If you had this money to, to make the Sail Barge, I would rather tell you to, to donate it to State of the Empire because we're <laughs> a fan-funded project. But um, they only have 3,558 confirmed bids to get the Sail Barge. They need 5,000. They're still short 1,500 people. And if they haven't got it by now, so close to the end, I'm not sure they're going to get it. That would be a shame. It
2: would be a real shame. Yeah, I mean the the the, the high end toy market is makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, I agree because it's, it can be exploitative. Mm-hmm. But this seems to be like a very really, very special thing, and I I, I kind of
1: want to see it like or I really want to see it back. This this is the biggest dreams that my child brain could ever have imagined. Right. So naturally, I want to see it come to fruition. So if you got the cash, do it. And if you do have the cash, then you should invite us to your place so we can play with it once it gets made. <laughs> <laughs> um, books. Okay. This is, this is, this is pretty crazy. Star Wars.com debuted an excerpt from the forthcoming Thrawn sequel book. There was the first Th- Thrawn book in the new canon, just called Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. Now we have Thrawn Alliances, which is Thrawn and Vader on a mission together they post this excerpt with very little fanfare, and it has a fucking loaded Easter egg in it. Yeah, one that I really wish that Doug was here to talk about, but I'm sure
2: we will get to it with Doug okay. probably in the next episode. Probably. But, yeah, so, you know, the, the the excerpt on the website starts out pretty pretty generically for, you know, Thrawn and Vader are both called to the Emperor, and the Emperor tries he's, to get them on a mission he together.
1: He in the Force. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, the Emperor's got missions. You know, he's the imperial m yeah. and you know he gets his two bonds you know together vader and uh who's the 007 who's like 008 in that situation i feel like vader's gotta be 007 right
1: i mean uh yeah you know why because um because well, thrawn's him. kind of an alex Trevelyan kind of kind of sort so like you know he's gonna franklin james this yeah okay all right i can see that so he gets them together. Thrawn doesn't
2: want to do it because he's got things he's still taking care of in the Outer Rim. He really wants to subjugate Lethal. This looks like it takes place between seasons three and four. I don't think that's confirmed, but it really seems well, that way. Well, actually, this
1: excerpt does confirm that. Does it? Kind of. Because it could take place during four, perhaps. But um, Vader spoke first as Palpatine had known he would. Perhaps you, perhaps you sense the rogue Jedi, Canon Jerus, he said. Or the creature Admiral Thrawn claimed to have encountered on Atolland. Mm. That's Bendu. He's yeah. talking about Bendu, folks. So, um, Palpatine's like,
0: A disturbance comes from neither.
1: And, uh, it's something new, it's something different. Um, something we require both of you working together to uncover. He, sa- he goes on to say, The disturbance is located at the edge of your unknown regions. It appears to be centered on a planet named Batu. Which is crazy. Yep. That's the Star Wars Land planet,
2: if you don't know about two. That's Galaxy's Edge, everybody. So, this book, I would never have suspected that this is going to be some sort of weird, um, like, lore dropping device for Star Wars Land. So, if you want to get
1: prepared for the story experience of Star Wars Land, I think, yeah. like, you got to read this you gotta book. You got to read Thrawn Alliances. And, and Thrawn, Thrawn's eyes were hooded. The expression on that blue-skinned face swirling with memories. Yes, he murmured. I have indeed heard of it. So, I, you know, and, and we could speculate forever about this, and we will.
2: Like, we know that Galaxy's Edge is during the sequel trilogy. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, it's not gonna, you know, I don't think we're gonna run into Thrawn. We're not gonna run into to Vader. But, you know, there's a good chance that Maybe they'll start, I don't know, some Chiss characters hanging out at at Galaxy's Edge.
1: Not too hard to paint someone's skin blue for the day. That'd be cool. Um, A little harder to make their eyes glow red. (laughs)
2: Right, right. And, you know, the, the Edge of the Unknown Regions, I mean, they really went out there. They're not trying to give us the core world Star Wars experience. They're giving us, like, the outer, outer rim. Yeah. So they could do some weird things that we haven't seen. It'd be it'd be great to see some alien creatures that we've never seen before and And some we have, like the female Toy Darien who mm-hmm. operates the toy shop. Yeah, and you know it'd be it'd be cool to check out Easter eggs from Thrawn Alliances and or, or the opposite way around,
1: to read Thrawn Alliances, go visit Galaxy's I, Edge. I, there's gonna be a black spire of some kind in this book. I don't know what it's gonna mean or why, yeah. but but we know that the black spires are all over Galaxy's Edge and Certainly, it's going to come up.
2: Yeah, so the, the speculation will be fun because that book now has an extra special layer to it, which is, what is this going to tell me about
1: what I get to experience? Right. So come July 24th, we're going to get the first foundations for the, the interactive story that is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I have a feeling, prepare for Batuu in comics,
2: mm-hmm. prepare for Batuu in whatever comes next in animation. Oh, Wow. You know, like, I think we're going to. This is the beginning of the onslaught. I think this will be post all the solo tie ins in April and May. They will shift because we'll have like 18 months, 19 months until episode nine comes out. I think they may
1: start shifting the gears. transmedia focus because they can't focus on nine yet over yep. Galaxy's Edge. But we don't. I mean, we just know it's 2019, right? I
2: think so. But I think if they're giving us summer 2019, you know, that's. That's a full year yeah and and right now it's empty you know we mm-hmm. won't have another star wars movie after solo
1: until december of 2019 yeah yeah that's true fascinating yeah oh moving over to video games there is a job listing posted by ea vancouver for the lead online engineer to lead a team to de- deliver online features for a star wars open world project They'll help ensure designs that will maintain high traffic services for multi platform games. So, this is, doesn't really mean much, but there's all that problem with the Visceral Studios game that was being developed that looked like an exciting smugglery kind of Star Wars game, um, helmed by the woman responsible for the Uncharted series or one of the figureheads responsible for it, and that went belly up and they, EA said they were retooling, and now at the very least we know that it is still an open-world Star Wars game, but what does that mean? I'm not really sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, open-world means so many things nowadays. I mean, you know, third-person action games take place in open-world sometimes now, you know, fully open. I mean, it could be anything from an Assassin's Creed-style game to a Grand Theft Auto-style game to a, a Battle Royale Fortnite-style game. It, it doesn't say much except they're developing again, which I guess is a good thing <laughs> because EA's really dropped the ball to this point on... I and, and maybe they're not the only ones that should take some fault for that. It's probably Disney's fault too for handing over the license that quickly. Right,
1: yeah. With no plan. Yeah. You know? So... We also have... You know, every now and then we get some interesting in, information about the myriad Star Wars games were developed that never came out. And now we can link to all you folks a... Smorgasbord of Battlefront four stuff. This is from the Star Wars Battlefront that would have been when was this going to come out? I forget. Like, oh, gosh, um, maybe like two thousand five, two thousand six, maybe yeah. later. And what's crazy about this is that in this Battlefront, they were going to explore alternate. Uh, they've done this before, but but like in in um, Force Unleashed, they were going to explore alternate reality scenarios. And in this, you see concept art for script-flipped characters, like Dark Side Obi-Wan, um, Dark Side Leia, Light Side Count Dooku, some kind of insane, messed up Mace Windu, General Grievous if he was not a robot.
2: It's, it just reminds me, if, if anybody out there was a big-time player of the Jedi Knight series or the the sequels like Jedi Outcast and in very easy to make customized multiplayer skins and you know just back in the days when modding games was easy and there was always a dark side variation of every character in the saga so just i, I don't know just what comes to mind is battlefront 4 could have been like the fully realized version
1: of jedi knight modding which would have been awesome <laughs> since we don't have a lot of content to cover in this episode we wanted to share something fascinating um, a guy who's been on State of the Empire a couple times, Rex Downham, he found uh, a Star Wars Tamagotchi. He had one when he was growing up, and it's a Rancor. He was little cute Rancor, and it has very intense text inside the booklet that came with it. The introduction is as follows: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the inhabitants of distant planets struggled for freedom beneath the tyranny of a dark empire. Members of the Alliance and servants of the Empire clung to an ancient religion, each seeking to utilize the mystic power of the Force. Battles raged, and heroes were carved from the ravages of war. And now, across the infinite space and time, the very essence of this struggle has been harnessed. The spirits of creatures from that distant galaxy have been preserved in tiny jeweled gigapods. These pods contain the life force of aliens and creatures from the Star Wars universe. Enjoy their companionship, and may the Force be with you. So, so this is canon, right? Um, they, the, the essence of this rancor was imbued in this gigapet here. This, it was like turned into a stone, like a gem.
2: Uh, the, the
1: soul is trapped in yeah, this tiny
2: sprite. About as canon as the uh, Han and Chewie taking the Falcon to Earth in and, and one of the Star Wars Tales comics and crash landing on, on Earth and becoming mummified and then being discovered by Indiana Jones. That was an actual... Yeah, that was, a, that was a Star Wars tale story. So I think that it's as
1: canon as that one. Hmm, hmm, okay. Well, the you know, when you have these little Tamagotchi-like pets, they... You, you, that you feed them, and they poop, and you, you play with them, and they become more friendly, and it's really a stupid, boring game. Um, but... This description... What you do with this rancor, though... Oh, boy. They wouldn't fucking do this today. Um... Mm. so you can here this is from the book when uh, when you want to feed your rancor use the left key to select healthy food fat guards or the right key to select treats dancing girls <laughs> your rancor needs to eat fat guards to grow and shapely women to stay happy oh my god your Rancor will always eat treats, even when it's full. Those shapely women taste so good, it's impossible to say no. Be careful. Too many treats will make your Rancor sick.
2: I feel like I got ripped off because I, I got the Yoda Tamagotchi or Tamagotchi Does he women. also
1: like shapely women?
2: Doesn't like shape, shapely women. It did teach me a lot about the Force. Like uh-huh. it, it used the three uh, forms of the Force from the old RPG game. Was like alter like you had like three training exercises. There was Uh like so the three aspects of the Force back in the old RPG was um you could use the Force to alter, you could use the Force to sense, or you could use the Force to control. I believe was the third one. Uh huh. And so there were different exercises, and you had to balance Yoda that, and also keep him fed, which made no sense to me because it he was you know unlike the Rancor, you know Yoda's a you know sentient creature like you think
1: that... he? But he'd love shapely women, man. <laughs> I kind of wish I got the rancor in hindsight. <laughs> it's a special moment in
2: time that is never going to be repeated. No, never. Mm. Suncoast era. I'm telling you, the peak of Star Wars and there weren't even Star Wars movies going on.
0: <laughs> hey,
2: Matt, are you ready for Willow Watch? <laughs> yeah, I'm always ready for Willow Watch.
0: Willow.
1: That's right. I forgot all my sound effects back in Florida. This is the unplugged version. Willow.
2: We're doing this acoustic tonight. You
1: are great. Folks, I've been around. I've been around the world. I've been to a convention in North Carolina this past weekend. Well, prior weekend from when you're hearing this. And, uh, the the love of willow runs so strong i was i was sitting in a bar with a table of editors of idw comics some of the people who make these the star wars adventures comics happen and i brought up willow and the whole table is like oh man willow which i think that's everyone's reaction when you bring up willow i've yeah. never
2: heard differently
1: yeah i uh, willow is is a special language that people speak and and this i just want to say that you know that Reaction is a repeatable experience amongst at least a certain age group of people. It ha- we know for a fact this film has significance to so many. We need... Do what you can out in the world to spread the love of Willow, to, to stimulate an active fan base for Willow, because this is the 30th anniversary and big things are going to come. But a huge motivating factor for enabling those big things to come is proof that the fan base that we know for a fact exists is actually out there. There's been nothing to galvanize people. Willow Watch is a meager offering. But it is is an offering. It's what we got.
2: And if right now, if Star Wars right now with the divided fan base is a religion of very divided, Mm -hmm. Willow is a religion of peace. It's happiness. It's joy. People love it. People Mm -hmm. want to talk about it. People want to reflect. And, you know, replace... Replace all that, that <laughs> pent-up, you know, Star Wars, you know, things going on with, with the love of Willow. So we should definitely
1: get a Willow sequel, and we should definitely yes. have them ruin Willow for us. <laughs> no, not possible. It's very unlikely. I mean, I mean, the books are challenging enough. Matt, I just finished the, uh, the second Willow novel on oh, the trip geez. over here. I got one more to go, but fortunately the longest one is behind me. And folks, I don't know if there's any of you listening in Wales right now. I'm talking about, you know... As in of the United Kingdom, Wales? But if so, or if you're anywhere near there, you got to get your ass to Wales because April 21st through 22nd, Warwick Davis is going to be there along with Val Kilmer. Warwick recently tweeted, I've, I've met me many times, but I won't miss this opportunity. Plus my old Daikini friend from hashtag Willow at Val Kilmer will be there. Hashtag Willow reunion. Hashtag don't call me a peck.
2: <laughs> That's incredible um how hashtag are we
1: get- willow reunion how are we gonna get over there we'll just have to throw a better party matt yeah 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 That, that that's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> now this isn't our better party but i want to remind you for one final time that if you do live anywhere near my home stomping ground of orlando florida in winter park there is a willow screening for free outdoors april 5th 8 p.m We'll link to where you can check it out on this episode's page. Come hang out with Doug and I. We're going to watch Willow.
0: da da
1: da da Thus <laughs> Willow <laughs> <laughs> Watch.
2: Matt, are you ready for Indie Inquiry? I'm always ready for Indie Inquiry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Indiana Jones number 5 Indiana, or, aka Indiana Jones Quattro uh, it's going to be it's going to come out July 20th, 2020 S-Sinco? Cinco? Cinco Cinco <laughs> we had I, I forgot I tried to wipe Quattro from my mind <laughs> uh, the Quattro of the crystal skull Indiana Jones Cinco will be it will be well we know it's going to be filming it's actually you know we, we've had this date of 2020 for a while now Ready Player One is done filming and a year from now in April 2019, in the United Kingdom, Steven Spielberg is going to begin filming this movie, which is written by David Cope. I, oh man, I, I don't know. I, I'm not ready for,
2: like, two old indie movies. Yeah. And he's significantly older than he was in, in, in Quattro. Yeah. I don't know, and and I think... You I, mean Cinco? Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> oh, like, he's, yes, he's yeah. older than Quattro. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm going to save... Speculation for where we're going, so I don't know where you go after Aliens, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll save it for Doug because I'm sure Doug has thoughts, and I'm sure Doug's screaming right now what he wants
1: <laughs> out of the movie. Well, the thing is, is Doug, in spite of the fact that no one's ever hired him for anything uh, in, a, in a substantial way, is an extremely accomplished film writer who could who could save the industry. Oh yeah! If they just let him,
2: I know. It's like that's you know we need Doug to save the industry. God damn it! Do you think
1: we've we've thrown too much shade for the laughs on this show? Do you think they'll never hire us to you know work in the Lucasfilm Story Group and to fix all the problems? <laughs> I I would say that if I ever got an interview, I would ask that we
2: temporarily take the podcast down. <laughs> I, I've I've thought about this, Cap. Oh, um, I, Matt, I, I don't
1: think I can agree to that.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I wouldn't expect you to. I think there's there's an artistic integrity thing that that I know like, but I certainly would put the ask out there. Uh huh. And um, but also I would just hope they'd appreciate my honesty. Like I don't. These are raw feels here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not after trying this to take down, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to take down the industry. I'm trying to contribute in a good way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have thoughts. And Lord knows if they only ever hired Yes Men. Lord Miller knows. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I would happily be fired from a Lucasfilm movie.
1: Yeah, you get executive producer credit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Actually, that's like kind of a vertical move up. Isn't it? Like, I feel like that's actually the best way to go about it. hmm sure <laughs> yeah well i think gareth edwards sort of got fired too without knowing and lucasfilm kind of just kept pushing him as the you know like the the public face of that movie and it worked out for him
1: yeah he had some
2: fun things to say so that's a, it's a nice job yeah but i i definitely want to soon speculate about what they do with indiana jones 5 yeah we should devote a we whole just, episode to that we just yeah
1: shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we just need doug on on board for that one. Well, yeah we 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 do need doug yeah so, that sends into inquiry. Kalima! Hey, we should let you guys know that State of the Empire, though it is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network, though we do sometimes occasionally feature ads on this very show, at its heart, it is brought to you by the Nerdy Show Network, where typically I record from the studio. And right now it's being recorded on a small recording device paid for by the Nerdy Show Network. All of our hardware stuff, all that's paid for by the network that I run, Nerdy Show. Um, So if you want to support that aspect of State of the Empire getting recorded, you should go to patreon.com slash nerdy show, chuck a couple bones our way, and there is a ton of State of the Empire content, outtakes, and extended discussions available to you um, at both $1 and even more stuff at $5. I bet you Bob Iger is a $5 supporter of State of the Empire he can afford it yeah mm. I, I'm sure he I, is I bet he's one of them he's, he's a fan of our that's a, that's a boot uh, it's a boot reboot I don't know it, tier <laughs> um, and uh, also if you don't want to spend any money on us well hey rate and review us on iTunes or Podchaser rating and reviewing us helps a ton there are so many podcasts about Star Wars out there we realize that us even doing one is gosh what a terrible idea Matt <laughs> the the the, comp, the competition is needlessly fierce
2: but no one has jumped to the top of the heap no i just you know and that's 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 the ni- the, the niche that we f- no one has
1: willow watch first and foremost no one
2: well that's what puts us over the top and that's why i think the 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 niche that we fi- like fill mm-hmm. is the best star wars podcast right that's so. that is that is our <laughs> niche <laughs>
1: So you should definitely rate and review us on iTunes. It's been a while since we've got one there. And, uh, and well, we need lots. We need lots to pick up heat. We need to get – we need, like – I forget where we're at right now. But we need over 200 ratings and reviews to be, like, to really be placed somewhere. And that's a lot. It's a hell of a lot. But if all you folks listening chip in and just go on there and go into that annoying platform and do that annoying thing, then we'll be really well off and we'll be extremely grateful and we'll read your rating on this show. Also, there's PodChaser, which is an amazing platform built for podcast discovery. You can rate and review individual episodes there, and if you got a feeling about like a specific episode or something we said there, that's a great way to comment. You know, so we'll be able to see. Oh, people are talking about this specific episode, and here's the points of conversation.
2: Yeah, I think I'm gonna leave one that says "great but
1: needs more Doug." Oh for yeah, this that's a good one. Yeah. You should let's everybody comment that, but please only five star ratings. Well, oh, I
2: deserve don't, five don't stars. Don't dock us
1: for the lack of Doug. I mean. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. But, you know, but but remind us that we need Doug, that we're lonely without Doug. Mm-hmm. We're alone together. <laughs> also, you should hang out on the Star Wars... Well, okay, here's the thing. Facebook's very out of vogue right now for extremely good reasons. But if for some reason you're still there, like me, because I operate so much business out of Facebook and I'm just going to go down with the ship until something else happens, you should head to our Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group. Do you want us to start a Discord about Star Wars Spoilers? Or do you want us to use the Nerdy Show Network Discord to discuss Star Wars spoilers? I'm not really sure. I hate Discord, quite you know personally, but but I'll use it. You know, I gotta. I don't want to be old. I want to do the thing that is doing. I, let us know. Let us know what you what you want to do because we want to con- so can. The Star Wars spoilers Facebook group has been absolutely wonderful, mm-hmm. and we want to continue to stimulate that those discussions wherever they live so let us know sound off it's the only
2: reason i'm still on facebook is it really yeah yeah i have no other reason i'm mean, occasionally like to post a photo of myself or my dog but the only place i go to is the star wars spoilers facebook group
1: well that's something do you sh- are you in the same boat as matt let us know we want to know we don't we know well we want to know what you want because mm-hmm. we're here we're here for you folks and uh and also a little bit for us because we just like talking about star wars <laughs> um anything we've mentioned this episode we'll link to in this episode's page where you can buy it on amazon via nerdy shows amazon links which also gives back to the show and we will see you in another two weeks with hopefully much more to discuss um it won't be it won't be an alden Nerdwork interview unless something strange happens but uh but i'm open up i'm open to serendipity i would like that to happen
2: yeah i mean let's put put it out there into the force and the force will
1: you know respond back in kind Hopefully. We want to talk to Alden Ehrenrich. We want to talk to Donald Glover. We we definitely want to talk to Ron Howard. It's the year of Willow. But we shall see. Thank you so much for listening to this peculiar episode of State of the Empire. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Matt. State of the Empire is a production of the Consequence Podcast Network. Check out our expanding roster of music, film, and television podcast programming at consequenceofsound.net. This show is recorded and produced in Orlando, Florida, but not this time. This show is recorded and produced in Los Angeles, California, at the apartment of Matthew Spill. Normally, it's the Nerdy Show, though. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. Discover more at nerdyshow.com. Our theme song, Maximum Rebo, was written and performed by Zantilla. Find more awesome tracks at zantilla.bandcamp.com. Special thanks to our Bothan Pals and the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group, the Nerdy Show Network Patreon backers, and Teek. In his immeasurable speed, he brought the orphan Sindel to safety and was faithful to Wilford Brimley until he was unceremoniously abandoned with the Ewoks. But that's fine. Thanks to Star Tours picking him up, he's off that moon and out for vengeance. Praise be to the swift justice of Teak. Amen. Consequence Podcast Network.